This season of the Battle of Ontario podcast is powered by Blue Collar Media Group. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number three of season two of the Battle of Ontario podcast. I am your host, David Celebre, as always, alongside my co-host, Alicia Sotelaire. And we thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. A lot of big yep. things have been happening in the NHL uh, this past week and a bit. Uh, we have to talk about the Kyle Beach situation. And I know it's been all over the news, but... I think it's important for us to keep that conversation going. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Leafs and Sens, of course, and the 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 struggles as well as the successes that they've had so far. And yep. Lish, we got a pretty special guest coming on tonight as well. Yes, joining us later today will be TSN's bar down Luca Celebre. So oh, I was yeah. excited to have Once him back again. on the show. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, we'll jump right into it. Um, over the past week and a half, the news has come pouring out. Uh, not only about the Kyle Beach story and the Chicago Blackhawks, but also in support, rightfully so, of Kyle Beach and and his strength and bravery to actually come out and discuss uh, the horrific things that he went through many years ago. And the fact that now this story is coming out is a little bit upsetting because it was so delayed. And we are in this era of society where um, this kind of behavior is not going to go on was not supposed to go unpunished. Uh, it shouldn't be shunned from the world. It should be presented uh, to the forefront so that people know that these horrible things do happen and they need to be dealt with. Uh, there is no room for sexual assault in think, any line yeah. at all, let alone, a, let alone a professional sport. I think what bothered me the most was he was basically silenced. Like yeah. he had no voice after Nothing. and that broke my heart for him. Mm -hmm. um, shame on the organization. Shame on the NHL. Um, shame on the league, stuff, yeah. Shame on the league, yeah, 100%. This stuff just cannot happen. It just can't. And, and it's and disgusting a lot, that it did. Yeah, and it's disgusting that it did. And, and you know, you have a lot of... There's a lot of outcry for the players involved with the team. But that was a Stanley Cup winning team. So, yeah, there's, They there's had no that excuse. run... Would they win like yeah. three cups in like five, six years? What was or something like it's, that? It's it's for what it is with the with the Chicago team. It that year especially, they were a dominating force. Oh yeah, and they they were a team that that was at the beginning of their their mini dynasty that they did have for those number of years, and the the fact that they were not not only were they silent about the situation, but even after their successes and the team kind of started to do poorly in the last couple of years. Still nothing, still nothing and no one to come out and speak of this situation. Say, hey, something totally messed up was going on here. And some of us know yeah. about it. Some of us uh, um, may have thought that it was dealt with. Um, you you want to talk about, too, uh, with uh, the Winnipeg's Jets GM, Kevin Dayoff, who was uh, part of that management team with the Chicago Blackhawks in their Stanley Cup run. And he was obviously called out because he was a part of that and never said anything. And a lot about what he was saying had to do with the fact that they had the meeting and they they had discussed it and said it was going to be dealt with internally. So, I mean, on one end, you you have to really understand that it's it's difficult when you're in that situation when there's not a lot of knowledge of it 
to think that right. when you're in that position that you're in, as Kevin Shadow Day Off is, again, I'm not defending him in any way, shape, or form. No, no. But but it's it's difficult in a business when you're in a business that the head people of the business are telling you we're dealing with it. This is very serious. Don't worry. So you automatically as someone. Yeah, I went to hire I basically went to hire management, right? Yeah. We'll take yeah. care of this part of the of the situation. Thank you on for the, letting us know. Yeah, that and on the side of the yeah. business failed. Yeah, exactly. And and on the flip side of that, uh, in in I think in Kevin Sheveldayoff's position, he should have at least followed up and gone yeah. to them Agreed. or gone to the player if he knew the player at the time. I'm not sure if he did. And and basically say, listen, did you guys deal with this? This is a really serious thing. I don't think this is something we could just sweep under the rug. So I think that's more of what people have an issue with about how not only the Blackhawks organization, but uh, people within it have handled it. And moving forward, it's very important that these things don't go unnoticed. And it's very important that the culture of this game uh, needs to change. And not only the culture of this game, the culture of sports, but the culture of society in general. Yes, Obviously, I agree. And I really hope, though, Dave, we don't hear any mm -hmm. more of these stories because what mm -hmm. happened was horrendous but yeah. if it did happen again hopefully those people will come forward with their stories so maybe yes. kyle beach start he started basically a movement right yeah just like you know with the whole black lives matter movement the me too movement this and is these his movement. Have, yeah and these these things have uh, allowed people to have a voice and that's why these yeah. movements and these these uh social events are very important in our history in our society because this allows for people to speak up who don't have a voice because if anyone knows anything about victims of sexual assault or sexual abuse is that you're almost, well, you're not almost, you you become so embarrassed to admit that it happened to you that it, it makes it hard to deal with. And that's what creates mental trauma is the fact that yeah. you're not able to discuss it. So um, I would say, yeah, shame on the NHL, obviously shame on the Blackhawks organization, but shame on the NHL for really not doing anything um serious enough for it so uh, yeah. I, I mean i know it's been talked about so much but you can never have too many conversations about the importance of of supporting those victims of sexual assault of sexual abuse of abuse of any kind so i think uh, i think it's important hopefully the silver lining here is that the nhl does wake up and professional sports wakes up and on the bigger scale all of society wakes up to uh, be there for people who who might not um, have a voice like they like they should have, especially in this case here. Um, so we're going to shift gears now. I know it's been a, a somber talk topic to talk about, but we are a hockey podcast. We do want to talk about what's going on on the ice and what's going on on the ice. With the last time we talked to you, those Toronto Maple Leafs are starting to come out of their funk. But Lish, your Ottawa Senators. I told you not to worry. They're uh, in and out. Yeah, and, I mean. Yeah. Like, what do you I, think? I've noticed I quite a few key problems, to be honest with you, Dave. And I'm going to start with a what defense. Else is and this, is, this has been talked about all over Twitter, all, all over TSN, whatever. Their defense is just not good enough. They're not. You know, Zaitsev is not having the best year right now. Like, he's off to a slow start, making those mistakes. You have Michael Delzato, who's just slow and can't keep up with the game. You know, you have a guy like, for me, Holden has been pretty impressive so far. I know he had a little bit of an injury. That's why he sat out. I, I wasn't aware of that uh, last mm -hmm. night. But mm -hmm. uh, these guys need to really start stepping up. You know, 
you we have young prospects now this everyone they need to calm down when they say we have Mike Sanderson, we have Cleveland, we got Brandstrom, JBD, that's in the playing in Belleville. Mm-hmm. Listen, Sanderson, we all know he's going to be a star one day. Do we want to rush him? Absolutely not. When you put him and playing in a top four uh, D pairing, you're going to put a lot of pressure on the kid. And when pressure yeah, so comes in a little states, bit earlier, and especially hard for a defense. So, yeah, so maybe mm-hmm. next year, or he's gonna, he's definitely going to get a few games in this year. No doubt in my mind. If UND mm-hmm. finishes, you know, not the greatest. Mm-hmm. But a guy like Brandstrom is a little concerning. I know even the coach in Belleville is saying, you know, he needs to start stepping up here. Like if he wants to be on this team, he better start stepping up here and play better on the power play. Like this yeah, is the guy we got for, from the Mark Stone trade. You know, yep. that Pierre Dorian hyped out the fan base. You know, we got a young, great, deep prospect coming back our way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Sens fans are basically losing their patience. They want to see him. But is Rightfully he ready? So. Is he ready? I don't know. I, I, I It's it's tough to say. I mean, you've got to think, like, with the other young guys that are on this team, um, you ask that question, too. Are they ready? And, you know, guys like Batherson, guys like Norris, uh, are, there's, there's Stutzler even, even though he's Yeah, he's, he's off to a... Sp- but he's very he's also a lot younger too. Let me yeah, I was gonna get to the yeah. offense, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Stutzla, he's just wanting to get that first goal. I get it. You're 19, hmm. you know, you, you've had so many great chances, it's just not going in yet, it's not going your way. It happens, it happens to the best of the players as well. But that's another thing the Sens are lacking. They're lack to me, they're lacking offensively. You mm-hmm. can't only have Batherson and Norris score, even Tyranny, for God's sakes. Who would have thought? Score yep. almost every night. Your other mm-hmm. line mates need to start. They really, really need to start mm-hmm. helping, contributing because they're not. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know with Pinto being out, Stutzla maybe has lost his footing, being on the line with mm-hmm. Paul and Connor Brown, Formington. Mm-hmm. I mean, I this guy has speed. He has great skill. He to me, he's just lacking a little bit of effort. Every time mm-hmm. he goes on to the breakaway, I feel like he does the same move. <laughs> maybe move your head swivel he when you're on the pra- he needs more practice get him like, in the shootout like that and then honestly the goaltending man matt murray played phenomenal against uh-huh. new york rangers it was a sunday uh-huh. and he actually got hurt Kreider kind of kneed him in the head and it's crazy neck. because it, it 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 still happens like yeah. okay yeah. He he's, scored. He's he couldn't get all the way. It was unintentional. What happened? It doesn't. And and but the, my point is, with Matt Murray, he's always getting hurt. He can't I mean, catch a break. He can't catch a but, break. Okay, break or not, but you're always look, look at the history. It's you're not. It's not good. Getting hurt. So and when he does, yeah, a, does it does a team like the Sens really want to keep risking? Well, here's their my money thing. and their time by by putting money into Matt Murray. I mean, I'm, again, this has nothing to do with his goalie skill because he is obviously a, a, an elite. He can be an elite goaltender in the NHL, but he's always yes, hurt. And, that's, and that's a problem. So the Senators' goaltending issues is it's kind of funny to me. So we got obviously Murray, we got Gus the bus, and then we have Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Forsberg to me, and I said this on episode one, and mm-hmm. I said it even last year. To me, mm-hmm. he's just not there. Mm-hmm. I think Gus was the better goalie, even in mm-hmm. preseason, and it clearly showed. Forsberg, I think he's now pushed down to the third, to like really? third goalie. Yeah, I really do. I think it's yeah. battling out between Murray and Gus. Murray, mm-hmm. when he came back from that injury, because he was off for a couple of days, he lost his confidence. 
It's like against a team, you're playing a team like Chicago who has shit the bed, who's in media trouble. They mm-hmm. dominated, mm-hmm. dominated us. Yeah. And Matt Murray did not perform well. I'm sorry. The whole team didn't, but I'm, I'm going back to Matt Murray as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He lost his confidence in that game. Whatever. Yeah. Gus played against Minnesota. He let in a few goals that were like a little questionable. It wasn't all his fault. But, but he was a better young. goalie. He played yeah. outstanding. He made these saves that kept them in the game. We mm-hmm. lost an OT, but whatever. He, to me, is the number one goalie now. Yeah. It, to, wow. I was debating between Murray and Gus. It's definitely mm-hmm. Gus. But yeah, we, we need the sense to start creating more offensive play. I mean, you got, like I said, you can't just have Bathurst and Norris scoring all the goals. We need to see a guy like Brady step up, Connor Brown. Now, what's Brady doing? Listen. Listen to me, Linda. I'm listening because I don't know what he's. You finally signed to give this guy money, and he's he's just he's swimming he right makes, now. Yeah, I guess he's getting to the back of things. Still no excuse. You're making that big money. Show up now. But I've always said this. I feel like every time a player gets signed to a big contract, yeah, their first couple of games are like halfway. They're not showing their full mm-hmm. potential. I was going to say thing, the full season. <laughs> full, it could be a full season. Shabbat happened to Shabbat. It's happening yeah. to Makar right now. So yeah. you know what? His time will come, but we need these guys to step up. We really, mm-hmm. really do because we have to start scoring to win games, unfortunately. And and so, but and again, with this Ottawa team, it's not like they can't contend for a playoff spot. I mean, it's all there. It's just, for me, as an outsider, I think if it all comes together, and they do what they have to do and use the talent that they have. I mean, like we said last year, make the mistakes. It helps you grow and it helps you learn. Just learn from them and let your players grow. So letting guys like Delzato play and letting these older guys play, I mean, it's not really doing much. You got Watson back, which was good to have back. You got him yeah, but what, the other night. Yeah, I get it. He, and, you know, he's like a Simmons. He's going to try to yeah, help your team. But yeah. what we need offense. I know, but offense. I know, but your offensive players are there, and they just need to step it up. Uh, it, we okay? could use a few more additions, and we'll you get definitely into that could. Window. You definitely could, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't write off a guy like Watson because then, without him, you really have no uh, sandpaper on that team. So you need a bit. Uh, no, you need I don't that agree to have that on the team. Well, who do you have? Who oh, do you yeah. have that can that can? Leg- who? We have. You don't want that, Kachuk. Okay. No, I do. Got to do everything. No, but I'm saying no. you need a third, fourth line guy to be there on the side to stir the pot. You do do. And I'm not saying to fight. You just need a bit more energy, grit, yeah. guys. Like, look at the t- past couple teams that have won Stanley Cups. They have their guys on those teams, and they didn't. Maybe they weren't really. Uh, you didn't have. You didn't see them a lot during the regular season. But there's a reason for that because then they come through in the playoffs. If your sends do make the playoffs this year or next year. A guy like Watson is is someone that's going to be a, a, a very good piece for them. And I agree with you, Liz. Trust me. Your offense needs to step up, but it has to be your offensive players. And yeah, you probably do need one or two more offensive players to help with that. But let's be real. Brady's got to step up with his offense. Uh, Stutzla, yeah, I know he's young, but you know. So let's, that let's, you, you want that contract after that third mm-hmm. year? Start mm-hmm. producing. Simple as that. Absolutely. He has the chances. He's showing great plays Absolutely. and everything. So, you know, yeah. it's, his time will come. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. So we'll shift gears. Uh, oh, God, speaking, to your lovely speaking of, speaking of a team that needs to step up their offense and needed to revamp their defensive prowess, prowess 
Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs did have a very uh, I, the the start to the season wasn't the best, and then they went into a bit of a mini free fall for a couple of games where they got handed to by uh, uh, teams like Pittsburgh and Carolina, and then they they barely beat a depleted Chicago team, both mentally and physically depleted Chicago team uh, after scoring in overtime and scoring a couple of big goals in that game, and. Uh, an entertaining game against the Red Wings on Saturday night. And then yep. the other night, really showing um, Vegas, who they are, pumping Vegas, Golden, the Vegas Golden Knights, four to nothing. Obviously, a, a very shorthanded Vegas team. But regardless, um, the big boys came out to play. And this is something that I um, have been hoping for. And I know I'm not the only Leaf fan that's been hoping for that. But if this team wants any success moving forward, those big boys have to come out to play. Tavares, Matthews, Marner, and Nylander all have to come out to play. And you're you're the guys now, okay? And we've been saying that for a year or two where you guys have to step up. You guys have to be counted on, and you have to perform when it needs to happen. Mitch Marner obviously got a lot of guff last year because he wasn't very successful in the playoffs. But it he obviously needs that offensive support as well because he can't do it all himself and Matthews obviously can't do it all himself either but he's close at the same time it just makes the team better when guys like Nylander as well as John Tavares step up because yeah they're making the big money but they're making the big money for good reason because they can't step up and at the same time we have to think that guys like uh, Morgan Riley on the back end as well as Rasmus Sandin who's coming into his own yeah. Timothy Lilligren has has been surprising. I gave up on this guy, but now he's taking wow. his opportunity. He was a top ten pick a few years ago in the draft, and now yeah. he's finally starting to show that he can he can stand in the NHL uh, with his size and with his ability to to control the puck on the back end. Justin Hall uh, is sort of the odd man out here, and 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 that's surprising you know, though because he had a it's, pretty it's, decent season last year. Yeah, and he was playing well with Muzzin, but I think he's become more exposed. I don't know if if mentally he, he's uh, prepared himself for a full season where you're playing every single team. So um, yeah. it's a bit of a surprise, but it's good to see that depth with the, with the Maple Leafs coming through. So, um, I, and, and you also have on, on, on offense those depth players as well. I want to say, too, last, on our last episode, I kept calling him Keish. But it's actually Kasha, <laughs> and I kept making that Kasha. mistake. Yeah, so he, he, a guy like that, a guy like Kasha. Is there is there an been, accent on his last name or something? No, it's just well, <laughs> it's just it's a he's he's from he's Czech Republic. He's he's Czech from Czech Republic. Um, so oh. obviously the way his name spelled isn't said the same way. But I'm glad I got it right, Kasha, because I know you're listening. I'm sorry for getting your name wrong. For sure they're listening, right? <laughs> Obviously. So th- with with the with, with the Leafs moving forward, I mean, big boys have to play. The defensive play has to be there. Goaltending has been stepping up a little bit. Jack Campbell looks like he's trying to really snag the number one role after Mrazek was hurt for a few games. Yeah. And uh, moving forward, I think it's Campbell's position to lose. It's his spot to lose. Uh, it's great we got Mrazek because he can be a great backup goalie. He's he's been proven to be a starting goalie but he can be a great backup backup goalie for the team to give Campbell a break do I think Campbell has it in him absolutely do I think it's gonna happen that depends on the team in front of him I think 
yeah. has to give him that support and that help to give him the confidence to be the best goalie that he can be. So, um, again, conclusion, so. yeah, I, I mean, try not I to, think but... it's still too, too early too. Exactly. Yeah. It's way too early. It's way too early to make those, um, assumptions, but at the same time, that's sort of what's being laid out here with this team. And, uh, one my, one more note is I really like the play of Michael Bunting coming in. A uh, bit of an unknown, under 30 games in the league last year. And he looks like that energy guy that can slot into that top line. And that's what those guys need. And um, some announcers have been, and analysts have been saying that uh, it's a very unique position to be in on a line with Matthews and Nylander because you have to be able to contribute, but you also have to be able to get out of their way. And that's yeah. something that I think Michael Bunting has been doing good thus far. So fingers crossed. Hopefully he can keep it going. Leafs. Hopefully the Leafs can keep this going. Start turning it around. Don't and panic. Turn it around it. because there's no guarantee you're gonna do. You're gonna have uh, the amount of success uh, in the regular season that you've had in previous regular seasons that that you want to have in the playoffs. And we'll see if that happens. And hopefully they keep it going. And uh, we'll see if they can. Okay, Dave, I think it's time to turn our attention to our special guest, Luca Chlebre. And now we're pleased to be joined by one of Battle, Ontario, Battle of Ontario's close friends and returning guest, who is not only friends, but obviously family, uh, Mr. Luca Chlebre of Bar Down. Luca, welcome to the program once again. Thank you guys for having me again. Always a pleasure talking to you guys in this format. And yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's go jump right to it. You had our, uh, we, we already gave you your, our intake and, or sorry, our um, viewpoint of what's going on with uh, Tile Beach and the Chicago Blackhawks organization um, and how the NHL is handling it. Uh, Luca, I'm curious because you're a little bit closer to NHL circles in terms of your position, your professional position. We're interested in what your take is on how the NHL is handling this whole Kyle Beach situation right now. Yeah, it's it's a good question. I think the NHL, I don't know, in, in cases like this, they tend to be kind of followers than leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not just be in the sports world, but in, in kind of every industry. I just think that um, whether it was the Black Lives Matter, things that were happening during the NHL bubble in the playoffs and um, just the reaction to that, the response to that, and basically the players having to be the ones that stepped up in that scenario. And then here again, it's it's a player um, coming forward and the NHL not doing kind of anything about it until all these years later. And then I, I feel like the response has just been lackluster. Gary Bettman's press conference was very lawyery and very corporate and just really lacked empathy and maybe the tone that you would expect for such a a serious issue that um that really is kind of i don't know it it just it puts people off to your sport and so um if that's what a, a person that wanted to know about hockey culture kind of watched and saw and was like should i be a fan of this sport and they watched what Gary Bettman said and maybe how he handled it in the press conference. I don't know. I come away from that being like, I really don't want to be a part of this culture. And um, so from that standpoint, I just think that we saw the exact opposite with how the Jets handled it with their team owner and, and Kevin Chevel Dayoff. It just seemed like there was more accountability, more empathy. 
And we're not looking for, we're just looking for the accountability. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. in this day and age, we just want that accountability. And I think that's what a lot of hockey fans want, what a lot of people want, because um, there are a lot of people that deserve to be held accountable for what happened to Kyle. It's not just one person. It's a whole organization. It's a whole league. It's a whole system that failed him. And so to hear the Jets press conference a day after hearing what Gary Bettman said, um, it just it just really does leave a sour taste in my mouth as a hockey fan because I want to love this sport and this league and this culture. And um, he just he doesn't make me inspired as far as um, change and things that are going to change in light of this going forward. I'm not convinced that something like this won't happen again with Gary Bettman at the helm because yeah. that just that's the type of um, the energy and, and the the feeling that I get from listening to him talk about this and, and how this has been handled. So, yeah, I, I don't know any inside information as far as like how other people around the league feel about it. But just as hockey fans, I think a lot of people share the same sentiment that um, they looked at that Gary Bettman press conference and were really disappointed with just what was said. And even the whole Rick Westhead thing, he, he works for TSN. We're, we're talking to him tonight for our podcast. And um, he just, he's done so much great reporting and the fact that the NHL basically tried to silence him on their call and wouldn't let him ask a question for 46 minutes until that's, reporters that's, actually yeah. had to tell the NHL like, Hey, let Rick ask a question. And then the jets, the first person they called on yesterday from zoom was Rick Westhead. So hmm. it, it's just like mirror opposites. And it just, that instance, I think tells you all you need to know about the way the NHL has handled this and. Um, how they're handling it going forward. I know some people were petitioning for him. You know what? You got to step down. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I don't think personally that's going going to happen. What, what are your either. thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't either. I think he's, I don't think he's going to step down. Um, it's from what I understand and, and just researching it and all that. And I was watching Tim and friends last night and he was um, basically how he explained it or how Frank Cervelli, who was on Tim and friends explained it was just, if they, like no one can force him out, it's if Batman wants to step down, he's not going to step down. He's not going to step down, and yeah. it's unfortunate because I do think that there should be a, a different leader at the helm. Um, yeah. But I don't know when we'll see that. Who knows if if there is a way to force him out? But I don't think he's the type of person that'll just step down. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting dynamic with what's going on. You you mentioned how. Um, it sounds very lawyery, which it really does. And and with the NHL being uh, uh, so thirsty for money and so thirsty for revenue, you bring up bring up a good point about bringing new fans in. If this is the way to introduce new fans into the sport, then you're not going to get a lot that are going to jump on board because of the way they're handling a situation like this. So, uh, mm-hmm. very good point there with that. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's it's not even about hockey anymore. I mean, yeah. here is an individual who's been sexually assaulted, plain and simple. Yeah. Uh, yep. And it's been proven, and people have s- just now started to step up. Um, and at the end of the day, there's nothing you, that you can do for this person to take away what had happened to him. And I think the best thing moving forward for this organization um, is to put a little more emphasis and show a little more empathy uh, what with what's going on mm-hmm. and um, and it's it's it is it is a horrible situation but we're hoping that 
uh, the silver lining here is that it brings to light that this does happen and we have to find ways to prevent it from happening again. Um, so we appreciate your, your take on, on that. I know it's a very serious but somber issue that we have to deal with, but mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, uh, it's important to talk about. So Definitely. Awesome. Definitely. Okay, let's switch it up right now to focus on the Battle of Ontario. We're going to cover to the, the Sens. So, so far, yeah. the Sens are three, five, and one. Uh, they haven't had the best start to the season. Ooh. But, Luca, do you think uh, – Dave, do not comment. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. Talk to Luca. <laughs> do you think – I have to. I have to throw it in there. I have to, I have to give you that whole time. Sorry. Of course you do. We'll do you think if it. they have that same turnaround they did last year, do you think mm -hmm. they can compete for a playoff spot? I think they'll be competitive until the end of the season. I, I've been impressed with them for sure. I think the young guys look really good. Um, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris, Thomas Shabbat. I like Zub a lot, actually, yeah. too. He's a fan um, favorite for sure. Yeah, he's played very well. And I think Shabbat has taken another step based on just what I've seen from him. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Drake Batherson. I think he's a really good player. I saw him at the World Juniors up close and personal when um, him and him and Canada won. I believe he was on the team with Dylan Dubé that year. And so, well, do, you think, um, do you think he could be a potential for 30, 40 goal scorer, possibly Rocky Richard way down the road when he's a little bit more? I think he has the ability to, to score a lot of goals in the NHL if he goes gets hot. I think so too. I think there's no reason why he can't. Um, it looks like he has the talent. It looks like he's got a good shot. He's got a bigger body. He seems like he's really good with his hands. I don't know. I, I like his game a lot. And mm -hmm. I just like the young nucleus that the Sens team have. Um, I don't know if it's enough to make a playoff run right now or be in the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to go away. And we mm -hmm. saw that at the end of last season, like you alluded to. So um, this team has got a really bright future. I think I, I would... I don't know if I've seen enough from Stutzla yet. I, I think he's still coming along. He's still a young kid, which is important to. Yeah, he's only nineteen, realize. right? So exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. But with him, with Brady, we haven't even talked about Brady Kachuk because the other guys have just been playing so well. Batherson and Norris and um, and Shabbat and everyone. So yeah, I think obviously lacking in a couple of areas, like defensively, they've got some good pieces. Yeah, not can. not exactly, and it's tough to have six good defensemen, but. Um, you're looking for more than just Shabbat and Zub. You you want a, a couple of more players, but they have players in the pipeline as well, which um, is important to remember for the years in advance. So, yeah, I, I think they're not going to be an easy out for anybody, and it wouldn't really surprise me if they're kind of in the mix until the end. Might surprise me if they make the playoffs, but no, this is a this is a good fun team. I'm I'm really buying the rebuild. I'm not sure if it's done yet, but I'm I'm buying into yeah. it. Nice, nice. Now, having said that, we got a team like Ottawa who's kind of on the up and up. And I hate to say it, up until a few games ago, it looked like my beloved Leafs were on the down and down. So I'm curious what you think. At the beginning of the season, they were still a contender for for not only making the playoffs and making a run, but they, they still considered themselves a Stanley Cup contender. At least some of them did. Some uh, experts did. But as they have looked so far... Do you think they even have a shot for the playoffs, this team? Because I don't. Not right now. No? Are you serious? Dave. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe they'll make maybe they'll make the playoffs. But I mean yeah. they're the on a roll right now, right? Team, very up and down. Do you think they have a legitimate shot to get it past that first round? That all important first round. All important first round. I think they do. I'm I'm not ready to 
pull the panic button just yet. And I think eight games into the season, I, I hey, four times already. I know. Well, <laughs> look at the teams that we're talking about. That we're talking about the Leafs, the Avs, Vegas, Tampa Bay. All four of those teams that I, I think anyone would say those are the top two teams in the East and the West that a lot of people had that um, would go to the Stanley Cup final or had the best chance going into the season. All of them kind of struggled out of the gate. So yeah. I don't know if it's just getting used to playing other teams again or mm. in certain cases injuries with Vegas, with the Avalanche, a lot of lineup changes in and out. And um, that makes it tough to start any season for the Leafs, especially not having Austin Matthews. The lines have changed a little bit. New players coming into the fold. Um, it, it's... I, I think it's too early to, to press the pan, but I like the Leafs. I'm a fan of the Leafs. I like the depth moves oh, they made this offseason a lot. Um, Michael Bunting was just a great signing. I, I loved yes. that signing when it happened. Yes. And um, I like Cache. I like Camp. I like Jason Spezza being back. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Campbell looks like a number one. Obviously, there's a lot of season left to be played, but I think that was the biggest question people had coming into the season was, was this guy who has been a career backup and had a magical stretch with the Leafs. Can he do this for a full season? So far, he's proving he can. He looks really confident. He looks good. Um, the defense, I mean, I think that's maybe the biggest question now. Like, outside mm-hmm. of Morgan Riley, he's great. But, yeah. you know, Justin Hall has had his struggles, and, and players like Travis Dermott, people are, are kind of hoping that that guy gets a little more of a, a fair yeah, run with ice time. There, yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe that is is their kind of area of concern, but I, I don't know. There's there's too much talent on this team for them not to look like they did every night last night against Vegas. Like that, I know Vegas mm-hmm. is shorthanded, but that's the Leafs team you expect to see. And yeah. maybe it's just taken a little longer than we all wanted it to take, but I think this is the year they finally win a first-round series. Love wow. it. Yeah, see? See? That's I'm what I need. I need that positive. I need that positivity in my leaves. life because obviously it's affecting me too much. And to have I a non, I have a non-Lee fan be my saving grace there and encourage me to yes, this team will do well. You'll be well, fine. The Leafs will be fine. I don't know if you're setting me up for more heartbreak. I but mean, that might maybe, be. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, so uh, moving, staying with the Leafs, I just want to mention something. So obviously. Luca, our friend Luca Celebri is very active on Twitter. Uh, he <laughs> he tries to be. He tries to be, and he has um, hot takes uh, here and there that can that should deserve some attention. It got a little bit of attention last night during the game. Mm-hmm. Your tweet, and I quote, was: "There are few, if any, players as dynamic and creative as Mitch Marner, and the fact that Leafs fans want him gone is absolutely hilarious." Luca Celebre, what do you have to say to yourself about <laughs> that tweet? Ooh, I see the graphic up here too. That's oh, really yeah. cool. Right for I, love right that. I love that. Well, <laughs> after it's funny, after the Leafs first round loss last year, I saw I, I tweeted something. I've never had a tweet reach like a thousand likes before, and this one got like over a thousand likes of just defending Mitch Marner and being like, Hey, like anyone that wants to just like ship this guy out like just give your head a shake because he wasn't yeah. the the reason that they lost mm-hmm. and i think people see the 11 million dollar contract and um they're like he's got to score and they look at the playoff numbers he's got to score yeah no no crap he's got to score you think he doesn't know that you think he doesn't put that pressure on himself and realize oh yeah i haven't scored in in the playoffs as much as i would have liked that's fine yeah. he's still doing a lot of good things out on the ice and people ignore the good that he does out on the ice every time he has the puck the guy kills penalties he's great in the defensive zone i think he's very underrated as a defensive forward so 
those things matter. Those things matter. But you, I don't know. He's not obviously as good defensively as Mark Stone, but he's better offensively than Mark Stone. The reason he gets so much slack is because, oh, yeah, he's not scoring in the playoffs and because he's got that offensive talent. I understand that. You want him to score. This happens to players. He's young. This has happened to this Leafs team. It happened to Austin Matthews, too. Like, there, there are so many things that go into not scoring, and it's not just about the player that is shooting the puck sometimes. There's a goalie in net, okay? Yeah. There's a team that's defending him. Defense, there, like, yeah. yeah, there are all these other factors. So, um, I don't know. When I watch Mitch Marner play, I love what I see because he tries things that a lot of players don't try. He doesn't maybe have the high-end speed like a Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon. But just the way he plays, the way he carries the puck into the zone, the things he tries, the stick handling, um, the presence of mind to just these these passes he has um, sometimes are just he's unbelievable. A, I'm like, what? He's a magician. He really, yeah, he is. really like, is. He he just impresses me every time. So I'm like, yeah. okay, Leafs fans, you don't want him? Trade him to the Avs. Like, I'll, I'll give I you, I knew I'll there give was you anyone. I'll give you anyone for Mitch Marner. Like yeah. I will take and any fan base will will tell you the same thing that they would want a guy like Mitch Marner on their team because he makes everyone around him better, no matter what. I don't think there's any disputing that. So I so I'm safe, not here for the Mitch Marner hate. So safe to say, outside of Nathan McKinnon, anyone on the Avs is fair game to trade for Mitch Marner. No, Byram and Makar. Car, I was going to say Makar. No, 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 no. But Rantanen, I'd do it. You could take yeah, that. I want. mean, that would be if if you to get Marner and McKinnon together, if that was ever a possibility. Oh my Marner, god, it'd be that incredible. Would, that would be unreal. The speed and the skill incredible. of both those guys. Um, speaking of your abs, and we're going to get you out of here on this. Uh, okay. You are a outspoken abs fan, mm-hmm. and. Obviously, you mentioned how the Avs are one of the favorites to contend for that Stanley Cup this year. But, as you mentioned, they also had a rough start to the season. What do you make of this team struggling out the gate? And are are you worried at all about your beloved Avs? Because I have a soft spot for the Avs. You know this. I know. I know. So what I'm, do you think? Because I got a little bit, you know, like I'm a little, I'm a little worried about their depth, if anything, mm-hmm. because we're seeing it now that they have, and you know what, they have a lot of players out right now, like Devon Taves out, yeah. Kale McCarr out, Nishushkin yeah. out, Burakovsky out, Miko Rantanen out. That's two. That's their top pairing defense, and that's three of their top six forwards not playing. And so mm-hmm. there was Nathan McKinnon that was missed time because of COVID at the beginning oh, of the season. Yeah. He got off to a slow start. Um, Alex Newhook, who they had high hopes for, they sent down because they just weren't seeing what they wanted to see out of him. Mm-hmm. I will say that the depth signings they made this offseason, guys like Darren Helm and um, some of the other guys they signed, they didn't make many of those depth moves, but I just didn't like them. I wasn't really a fan of them. And um, that's kind of showing itself now. Um, mm-hmm. McCarr's gotten off to a really kind of tough start defensively this season. There's been uncharacteristic giveaways and um, he just doesn't look as strong in his defensive end of the ice. And I don't know if that's because he's not playing with Devontae, who was his partner all year last year, and they looked really good together. And it's just kind of getting used to playing with Sam Gerrard again or playing with Bowen Byram. But um, I'm, I've been more – I was more worried a couple of games ago, and now they've rattled off a couple of wins. They beat the Blues in dominating fashion. They beat the Wild in dominating fashion. And those are two of the best teams in their division right now. So – I'm, I'm confident that they're going to get things back on track. I'm excited to see what the lineup looks like when they're fully healthy because that hasn't happened all season long yet. Um, they've got a new goalie in Darcy Kemper who looks like he's still finding his footing, but um, I think he's got all the talent in the world. Yeah, I, I just think that 
this team is too good not to not to be there when it's all said and done but mm. the depth does concern me it doesn't concern me as much if obviously McKinnon and everyone is scoring and and that top line is playing well but as we saw in the playoffs last year when um, McKinnon had had a bit of a rough series after the first two games against Vegas they they really didn't have that that kind of player that I don't know you it seems like you need just someone else to show up sometimes and they didn't and so I, I like what I've seen out of JT Comper so far this season and Logan O'Connor specifically as part of that depth of the abs but yeah I don't know I, I'm I'm bullish on them and I don't know if they need to make a move and add another forward because Brandon Saad was really good last year he's that yeah. guy that showed yeah, up in the playoffs was. last year true and Feels like they don't have piece. him anymore yeah mm-hmm. so Something I don't like know that. if they I don't know if they trade a defenseman because when everyone's healthy, I don't know. I don't know what the defensive combinations look like. I've been really impressed with Bowen Byram. I think he deserves second pair minutes at least when everyone's healthy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he's going to get that because they have three left shot defensemen that are really good. And yeah. so, do you move a guy like Sam Gerrard, who's got a really good contract, who's young, he'd be a, a hot commodity for any team really to mm-hmm. get a top six Sens, forward? Sens would be a perfect fit because their defense is just crap. <laughs> who, would give him, who would you give them, Liz? Who would you give them? I'll take Greg Matheson. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, Matheson. <laughs> I'll take, that's, the, that's obviously part of the problem, too. But, yeah, I yeah. It, I was worried. I was worried. Um, I've had to just talk myself off the ledge. So, um, I'm I'm okay now. I'm feeling more confident about this As team a, going forward. Listen, we're only fan, 9 yeah, to 11 to games ledge. into the season anyways. It's I true. think some people are just have to get regroup and – Guess what? We're back in our regular divisions. We're not in those other yeah. divisions that we were placed last year because of it's COVID. True. So I think we, it's as true. soon as, as soon as we hit the twenty game mark, I think we'll see uh, certain teams turn it around for sure. I hope yeah. so. I hope it's so. Gonna, I think it's so gonna too. look like it'll be an interesting season thus far. It has yeah. been an interesting season thus far, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be interesting to see if some of these teams come out of their funk, uh, mm-hmm. if some of these teams continue their funk, or some of these teams that are hot right now. Uh, like the Floridas, the Carolinas, if they would yeah. ever slow down or burn out or even just keep it, keep the train going. Yeah. Uh, any, anyway, Luca, it's always been, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, we appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule. Obviously you're, uh, you're about to go to your real job here at, uh, at TSN gonna, gonna be doing your own podcast. So, uh, keep an eye out for, uh, for the bar down podcast there. They do amazing work there. I'm sure a lot of you have seen. Luca and his friends there on bar down as they continue to do an amazing job. Uh, again, thank you for taking the time out of Thanks, your Luca. busy schedule. Uh, we appreciate uh, you uh, being with us here today. And uh, best of luck of you moving forward. And uh, I'll see you around, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you. Dave. No, thank you both for having me. I love <laughs> love talking hockey and, and just love, love talking in general. So thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to hopefully getting another invitation back at some point. For sure. We would definitely will, man. <laughs> Take care. Sounds good. Thank you. Now for our favorite segment, Chooch of the Week, Dave. Yes. I will pass it along to you. Who is the Chooch of the Week? Well, it's kind of a no-brainer because of all the news that has been going on lately i mean it's easy to say the chicago blackhawks to be our chooch of the week but i think a more um a more uh fitting chooch of the week for this week is none other than uh league favorite mr gary bettman 
and his Ooh, NHL You're going for the commissioner. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he's. He, this isn't the first time that people have been upset with how he's handled certain situations, yeah. and this being no different. Um, again, as you heard from Luca, uh, he had mentioned how the empathy was not there, and he does sound very yeah. lawyery, which that's what he pretty much is for his for his league. He needs to promote his he's league. He's basically and reading a off a transcript. Let's be real. And you know what? And and it's it's sad that it's gotten to that point where you know other leagues have really stepped up. I mean, obviously with the NBA, you look at NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. He's he's got that that uh, relationship with the players and uh, him, understanding yeah. how many how many black players are in that league and how important the movement is to their to their culture and their community. So it's very important for him to um, to really take it very seriously and it doesn't seem like a business thing for him even though let's face it at the end of the day is a good business for the nhl to be a little bit more empathetic towards kyle beach and what happened absolutely on a business sense but let's talk about reality too here this was a man who was sexually assaulted this was a man who was uh living out his dream playing in the nhl and some clown idiot takes it upon himself to take advantage of his position and sexually assault someone, and for the NHL, it's not disturbing to, up, to say the least. Yeah. It's disturbing. It's a no-brainer. So you know what bothered men- me though, Dave? Yeah, it was the the two million dollar fine that he gave yeah, Chicago what Blackhawks. Is, what is? I've that? seen way worse. Look, remember the Kovalchuk situation? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was in New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. How they yeah, lost they, draft they picks? Draft how they picks got fined way charged, more. Yeah. I think they got mm-hmm. fined what three three million dollars or more? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you're telling me that. a guy who's been sexually assaulted, they give a team two million dollar fine. Are you a $2 kidding? Two million dollar fine for an organization—that's a joke. It's a joke. It's not That's a lot of is. money. No. I mean, it's still a lot of money, but let's face it: for an organization and for what they did, it's almost a slap in the face to to Kyle Beach because it's it, a this joke. is what it's we a joke. this is what we think of how serious your situation is. We're gonna give them a little bit of a of a warning to never do this again by finding them two million dollars. And now I, I know some of you are thinking, what? Well, what's the answer? Well, for one, the answer is for Bettman to put down his lawyer hat just for a few minutes and admit yeah. that the NHL did wrong. And I haven't heard that yet for the NHL for him to say, "Listen," and I don't think he will. Up. And he wouldn't. He won't because he knows no. he thinks that it's bad for business, which obviously is bad for business. But guess what? It's even worse for business that you're not even admitting to your faults that your your league was responsible for many 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 years ago someone you employed an organization that is playing in your league failed to protect its players and failed to protect a human being from something as serious as sexual assault so it's it's ridiculous that it gets to that point um i think those who are thinking that oh it's not a big deal obviously don't know anyone who has suffered from sexual assault or any kind of abuse for that matter, not just sexual, mental or emotional abuse as well. And trauma is a real thing. Kyle Beach is never going to forget this. He's never going to be the same man again, but he is definitely, I think at a position where he's, he's a lot happier that he got his story out because that's something that you just can't hold in. And I think what would make it not easy to do a little bit more happier. No, it's not. It's it's for the NHL to hold a little more accountability than they have. If any, they haven't even shown any. They said it happened. 
okay, it happened, but what are you going to do about it? What really truly as an organization, as a business, are you going to do about this? Okay. You're going to put out a memo and everything's forgiven. Nah, you got to do more than that. And if you want to get fans in this league, if you're looking to expand your game, instead of keeping it within Ontario or sorry, not Ontario, if you, instead of keeping it within Canada, North and America, northern parts, of the United, northern parts of the United States, let's be honest, the Southern States don't really give two craps about the NHL. And that is poor business by Gary, by Gary Bettman, because at the end of the day, you failed one of your players. You failed one of your human to go through that kind of experience as a human is something that no one should go through and you failed on your part. So for that reason, NHL, you are a treat of the week. You really need to step it up. That just about does it for us uh, here on the battle of Ontario podcast. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to us. We want to thank Luca Celebre again for coming on and speaking with us. Uh, we want the rest of you to keep tuning in, keep plugging us away there on social media. You can find us on Instagram at battle of Ontario and also on Twitter at battle of on pod. Uh, we are always active. We are always uh, willing to communicate with our fans and we're always willing to uh, give you our intake on what's going on in and around the NHL. So thank you again for joining us. And as always go, go, go. sense, go.